Well, welcome to this podcast with Missouri Farm Bureau. Of course, we have digging in with the Missouri Farm Bureau, and this is going to be what you might call a little bit of a subset for 2024, and that is Think Big, Do Good. Our first guest joining us this year is Mr. Max Armstrong, farm broadcaster extraordinaire, past president of the National Association of Farm Broadcasting, past national award winner, and definitely a, a very well-recognized face across the entire country. Thanks for joining us, Max. Shannon, thank you for having me. I'm honored. Well, we are tickled to have you. And, you know, whenever we're thinking about Think Big, Do Good, uh, we're talking about folks from rural America who have done just that in their lives. They, they thought big and they kind of went out into the big world and they've done big things. So give us kind of a snapshot of your background, if you would. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me to talk about somebody important. <laughs> Seriously, I, uh, I've just been able to live my dream, my childhood dream growing up on the farm northwest of Evansville, Indiana. I wanted to be on the radio. I'd sit in the closet at the age of seven or eight and play radio. I'd hold up the newspaper and then act like I was playing to the camera uh, to try to get some experience. And in those days, to work at a radio station, you had to have an FCC license. It was a radio telephone license, third class license, plus the broadcast endorsement. You had to take a test and you had to go to a big city to take a test. So uh, we went to Detroit because I was to be on the National Bible Bowl that summer. My uh, Sunday school colleagues and I studied Luke all summer, so I got my driver's license, my FCC license, and I was in the National Bible Bowl that same summer. Same month, actually, the month of July. Whenever you graduated college and you had the chance to step into the broadcast world then, as, as far as your lifetime career, how did that next step take place? Well, I went to work at the Illinois Farm Bureau for okay. two and a half years. They had a, an opening there as a farm broadcaster. Yeah. You know, in those days, you'd go to a what they called a placement center and you'd look through three ring binders at possible jobs. And there was one yeah, Farm Bureau in Illinois. My dad had been a, active in Farm Bureau in Indiana. And I thought, that's the next state over. Let me try this. $12,000 plus a car. Yeah. So anyway, I, I applied and uh, interviewed with the late Art Seacrest, past president of NAFB, the Farm Broadcasting Association, and had the opportunity to go there. And what a wonderful opportunity it was at that particular time in my life. I I, I cherish those two and a half years in Bloomington working within Farm Bureau uh -huh. and, and getting to know Farm Bureau policy and, and the people of Farm Bureau. Uh, and and I've, I've stayed a Farm Bureau member, associate member over all of these years through my automobile insurance. Now, if I remember correctly, it was a pretty quick pivot as far as whenever you did have that job, but to, to make that connection with Orion. I, I was just there two and a half years before going to WGN and okay. joining him in Chicago at the WGN stations, which was so neat in those days because they were right in the same building. And you worked both sides of the aisle. The engineers did, uh, you know, the, uh, oh, some of the stagehands did. Uh, stagehands didn't really work radio to any great extent, but talent crossed over. And so it was just a wonderful experience. I got to, I got to do the Illinois State Lottery drawing when the guy, the, the guy who did the kids show was out of town. He wasn't available. They said, hey, we need somebody to do the lottery. <laughs> I had just changed my fuel pump the night before, so that when the balls came up the chute, you saw Max's uh, grease-stained fingers putting the ball in place. Needless to say, I only did the lottery once. Uh-huh. Well, that's pretty cool. But, the, you know, I got to fill in for the meteorologist, uh, yeah. Tom Skilling, who's just retiring this winter after all of his years there. Uh, of course, we worked the farm show. I did editorials, filled in on station editorials. Here is Max Armstrong with our station opinion. You know, I had to act serious. No pressure playing there. Playing the camera. Right, right, yeah. right. So it was, it was a wonderful opportunity. Now, tell me, though, about this uh, adjustment, because, you know, as you said, you worked with Art Seacrest, but whenever Orion Samuelson calls, because 
you know, even back then, Orion was definitely a name of the farm broadcasting industry. I mean, I mean how? What did your heart do when that phone call took place? I, I was scared to death, Janet. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. The uh, the fellow who ran the information division of the Illinois Farm Bureau, Bill Allen, who was Burl Ives' first cousin. No way. Yeah, seriously. Cool. So when you hear Holly Jolly at Christmas time each year. Uh, Bill was his first cousin. He would talk about Burl coming to the family reunions and strumming and singing. Bill Allen was a very close friend of Orion Samuelson. Bill had worked public relations in Chicago. Anyway, he called me into his office one day, slammed the door, and he said, I just got a call from Orion Samuelson. And of course, GN in those days had very strong ratings. It was number one in Chicago. You had to put together, we had a very strong morning man. You had to put together the second and third rated stations. WLS and WBBM to equal his numbers in the morning. And then you didn't quite equal them. So uh, to go to work there at the age of uh, 22 was a dream come true. Yeah, it was, I was very fortunate. I'll be honest, I thought maybe I would last six months, but I knew it would look good on a resume. Uh -huh. I thought if I get bounced down to Indianapolis or Peoria or wherever, it'll look good that I lasted six months at the WGN stations. So you're in downtown Chicago, as you say, a 22 year old. Uh, what's one of the first big things that happened that you really recall? One of the coolest things was going down to the floor of the Board of Trade. Yeah. And you have to remember in those days, the trading community was 5,000 people. Wow. And they were standing shoulder to shoulder, face to face, trading, gesturing, screaming at each other in all of those pits, soybean pit, corn pit, wheat, yeah. uh, options. And uh, it was something to behold. Some of those guys, there were some firms back in the day that recruited football players uh, because they could hold their position in the pit. And the first time I went down there, Orion and I went down there one day and uh, we're down on the floor and Kenny Gorgel stepped out of the corn pit and introduced himself and I looked up at him and he said, Max, it's good to see you here. Turns out he had played for both the Packers and for the Bears and I think for the Cleveland, uh, Cleveland for a short period of time. and. Uh, he went into commodity trading and was a very successful local. And many of those locals and guys who work for commercial firms and, and, and those you know, with commission houses, many of them listened to us in the morning, going to the train station or, yeah. or when they were getting ready out in suburbia. So it was really a neat experience to be a part of the trading community in a very different way. Well, first of all, one of the biggest jobs that I think was always underappreciated at the Board of Trade was the janitor. Yeah. Because, I mean, you just can't go into that place and there's not a piece of paper somewhere at that time. Where I actually met Orion was down in that sea of paper after the close. Really? They used to have a media dinner every year. And it was a grand event. We'd sit in the soybean pit. They'd bring around brandy after the meal. They'd bring around cigars. <laughs> I went up to Orion and I said, if you're ever going to expand your staff, I'd like to have a chance to talk with you about it. Well, in reality, I'd been doing on-air auditions. Uh -huh. When Orion and my predecessor, Bill Mason, couldn't get to something in central Illinois, I'd cover it, send them a report, and ran it on the radio. There you go. Yeah. That worked out well. And at that same time, I was doing an early morning report on KMOX in St. Louis with Bob Hardy and Rex Davis. So okay. here I was at, at this stage, this early stage of my career, on two of the most powerful AM stations in the country, yeah. and certainly to the most powerful in the Midwest, in the heart of the country. Well, taking it from that spin, again, as a farm boy, now you've got this voice that covers such a major population, especially, you know, you talk about Chicago and folks, even back then, were definitely more removed from the farm than what they, uh, not quite as much as they are now, but still, uh, think big, do good. You're carrying agriculture's voice to a broader audience than those folks in rural America. Yeah, you know, Janet, to your point, 
Orion was, uh, uh, he was ag ag advocacy before it became popular. I, I don't know how else to put it, because he had been in Chicago 17 years before I joined him. Came down from WBAOI-TV in Green Bay, and he would talk on the air explaining issues. And the beautiful part of WGN Radio in those days, the personalities with very strong ratings would call us and ask us questions. They would, you know, Bob Collins in the afternoon would say, wait a minute, I better call the cow desk and ask Max about this. Or some listener would call in and say, hey, ask Orion or Max what the deal is with, with bacon prices. And it allowed us a wonderful forum to advocate, if you will, advocate on the part of farmers long before it became fashionable. And, and the neat thing about being on a highly rated a big city station you came into the lives of so many people. Absolutely, absolutely. So as you said, you thought you maybe only be there about six months. Well, it turned out that that uh, lasted quite a bit longer than that. Yeah, 31 years full 31 time. 31 years full time. So give us kind of the, the spin on that. You've had the chance to take your career beyond the microphone. You traveled the country and you've talked to groups like you did in Missouri here recently, uh, sharing the story of agriculture with some agriculturalists and also people outside of agriculture. Uh, what keeps you going to make these steps whenever oh. you've already had a long Janet, it's the farmers. There's, I, there's not even a split second of hesitation as I talk about that. And I've, I told Linda a few weeks ago, I said, I'm gonna get a big map. In fact, I tweeted about this a, a few days ago. I'm gonna put a big map up on the wall and I'm gonna put pins at every farm I visited. And uh, they, they truly range from an artichoke farm overlooking the Pacific Ocean in California to uh, a wheat, corn, and soybean farm on the North Carolina coast, peaches in South Carolina, blueberries in Maine. But when you look at Kansas to Ohio, <laughs> there are gonna be a lot of pens jammed in there. And I'm doing it to remind myself of the wonderful farm families that, that, that you and I have had a privilege of knowing. And, and many of those folks are great Farm Bureau members who have supported their organization through the years and believe in it strongly. Now, when you look back at your career also, where is the pinch me moment? I can't believe I'm here kind of moment. A pivotal moment. Oh, uh, 10 Downing Street in, in, the, in England yeah. during the foot and mouth disease epidemic. And I guess it was 2001, I think it was. Um, the British government was trying to bring people back in for tourism. During that epidemic, they were having to incinerate all the animal carcasses to try to bring a halt to that disease. And that's what we were seeing in the United States on the evening news every night, whereas these burning piles of animals and nobody was going over there. So they said, we wanna bring people back in. The British consulate in Chicago reached out to me and said, we'd like you to come over, do an interview with the agriculture commissioner and go out into the countryside. So the cameraman, Phil Reed and I went over there and I get this call from a lady of the British government. She said, I have some, uh, some bad news for you. He said, you're not going to meet this morning with a commissioner of agriculture. Well, I, 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 you can feel the temperature rising. I'd come across the ocean, flown all the way over there. I was counting on this. And the next breath, she said, that's because the commissioner, Commissioner Brown and you are going to meet with Tony Blair at 10 Downing Street this afternoon. Oh, okay, it was all right then. Now, if I remember correctly, you have released a book. Uh, two of them. I came out with one about six years ago called Stories from the Heartland. Okay. And then this uh, latest one is real inventive name, More Stories from the Heartland. <laughs> How do you like that title?
so they can catch some of these stories that you and I are talking about here and also see yeah, the cameras you talk Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. They're, they're great bathroom books, Janet. They're small. <laughs> they have a, a lot of pages, short stories, uh, a lot of pictures, and they fit right on the tank. So you can visit it often. Now, Max, you have a very distinct voice. And as a broadcaster, you get recognized. You have to have been recognized just because of your voice on occasion. Do you, can, does that still happen, or did that happen a lot? It, it shocks me, and it's what I least expected. Yeah. Um, and it's almost always in the Chicago area. There, there's something neat about that, that we have been, that you and I have been invited into combine cabs and tractor cabs and homes and automobiles of, of people who have nothing to do with agriculture in many instances. And we've had that opportunity to maybe make a difference in their life someday by something we said. Maybe it was a tough day for them. Maybe they'd had a loss in the family, you know, and, and we could maybe bring a little bit of, a, of an upbeat tone to what, you know, what their day was. And uh, there's something very special about that, that opportunity that we've had. I cherish it and I know you do too. Absolutely. Now you're still putting on a lot of miles each year, not as many as you were maybe 10 years ago. Oh, I think in, in the 2023, the, the flight total for Southwest will only be 63. Well, that's, that's definitely a downgrade. <laughs> not as bad you. as 113, yeah. yeah. But what keeps you doing? What keeps you getting, I mean, you're leaving your family, you've got grandkids now and that kind of stuff. What keeps you doing all this stuff? You know, I, I like being with my farmer friends and I, I come back to this and it's not a throwaway phrase. I really mean it. And, and truly, in the heart of the country. Now, I have farmer friends in North Carolina, people that I've met, they're special people. But when you look at the critical mass of where I've operated over all of these years, there are just so many people in the Midwest. A friend of mine, give you an example. There's a farmer about 70 miles outside of Chicago. He's a bachelor, restores tractors. He restores the toy tractors that his parents gave him at Christmas in 1956 or 1957. And he re-gifts them to me. Oh, wow. And the Janet, are splendid. I mean, you see this and you think, oh my goodness, what a work of art. Well, of course, as we said, the, the title of this series is Think Big, Do Good. So you thought big as a young man working on the farm in Southern Indiana, uh, and you've gone on to do some really big things and do some good things. What kind of words of advice, what kind of suggestions do you have for folks? You know, I think the sky is the limit and keep your options open. You know, Orion always said, you, you can't dream big enough. That was the title of his book, and there's so much truth to that. Um, I talked in my presentation about you know, associations with people, about, uh, you know, establishing a relationship. And uh, there's a lot to be said for that. I think, you know, and, and it's really true, I think, when farmers get to know legislators and, and, and bring them out to the farm and they get to to see what goes on there. I always said to young farmers, invite out a journalist. You know, call your local television station and invite them to come out. Not, not you know, don't tell them they've got to shoot a feature out there. Invite them out to your young farmer wiener roast or whatever you have going on, your picnic, and, and uh, welcome them to town. Sometimes they move to that town knowing nobody. The kid from Skokie, Illinois moved to, you know, uh, down to Cape Girardeau and after graduating from Southern Illinois University and knows nobody. Welcome then to town, befriend a broadcaster or journalist who knows nothing about your business. And I've always maintained that they're hard pressed to beat up on you. And then they know who to call if they need information. 
and especially whenever you think about people being so many generations removed from the farm, whether it's the general manager of a radio station, a TV station, some of these folks may not recognize the importance in that community. The other thing I think we have to do in agriculture is to count to 10 sometimes. When we know people are so off base, when we know that the information they're putting out is so erroneous, and I'm not just thinking about media, I'm thinking about the guy that lives down the street from you, the woman who firmly believes that all of this stuff we're doing out in commercial agriculture is wrong, you have to remember that's a very firmly held belief. She learned it from some TV host, from some author whose book she bought from her Uncle Frank maybe or Aunt Mary, and to her that's gospel. So you're not going to move that needle too far in the first opportunity, but you can plant the seed of doubt and maybe lead them toward factual information. That sounds good. Well, think big, do good. I'd say you've done that throughout your career. Uh, you're, you're very kind. I thought big, and I've, I've, I'm not yet trying. <laughs> I'm not get, giving up trying to do good. Maybe someday we'll get that accomplished. Uh, I, I, I'm just so grateful and so thankful for the ride that I've had and you've had and our colleagues in this industry to be able to do what we've done. We've been very, very, very blessed, haven't we? We absolutely have. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, Max, thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. We appreciate it. Amongst those 60 flights that you're going to take over the next 12 months, we we're glad to catch you on one of these. Uh, it's an honor to be with you. I appreciate it so much. I've enjoyed your work. You know that. It's a pleasure. Thank you very take much, Max. Again, talking with Max Armstrong, of course, Max joining us here for this Think Big, Do Good with the Missouri Farm Bureau.